Okay, guys, uh, welcome to the show. This is Pizza Cultura, part of the Pizza Club Network. Today, you're here with uh, the full contingent, uh, with myself, Tom, uh, our resident historian, Peter, Pepe, and Stephanie Swan. Um, so today, today we're going to, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a, a loose and low-key one. Um, we're all kind of just catching up because it's our first uh, full show of 2024. Um, but we're going to be talking about a recent Guardian article talking about how hot the UK pizza scene is. Um, and I think based on the chatter we were just having offline, drilling down in a couple of pizza styles that are mentioned therein. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, on with the show. Um, I, I, Pepe, I sense you probably need therapy about this the most. So if you want to... If you want to jump off with uh, your thoughts on, uh, you know, your thoughts in the article and the particular bugbears you may or may not have with it. Hey, Tom. Well, first of all, what article are we talking about? Oh, sorry. So this, this was, yeah, uh, shit for brains. Um, this was a Guardian article uh, written by John Grace um, and heavily referencing uh, Daniel Young, who... Uh, I mean, I'm assuming most people in the pizza scene know he does that massive compendium of where to eat pizza globally. Um, I, I have some takes on, and some bones with some of that, but by and large, it's a, you know, it's a very thorough and comprehensive uh, book. But anyway, the, the article itself was hotter than ever, how pizza conquered Britain, leaving its rivals in the dust. First off, and, and then I'll pass the mic to you, Pepe. I, I think that's a little bit hubristic, saying leaving its rivals in the dust. Um, you know, I was I was saying this to Michael earlier. The the UK pizza scene at the moment is booming. Make no mistake about it. Um, and there are some fantastic pizza spots opening up um, across a range of styles. Um, and there is, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get um, Jerry from uh, Bite Twice on one day to talk about this. But there is a kind of emerging quote unquote London style which I think is a pretty cool thing to see in its larval stage. Um, but saying that it's leaving its rivals in the dust, I mean, who are its rivals? What's the comparable? I don't know. That just, that just seems a, a bit over the top, um, overbaked, no pun intended. But uh, yeah, so uh, that, that's the article we're talking about. Um, and uh, Pepe, just jump in, buddy. I know you've got some stuff on your mind. Well, Tom, as you know, my only issues are when they're trying to talk about Neapolitan pizza. This is mainly my focus because for the time I've been living in London, indeed, there was no pizza scene at all in London. Maybe a few spots that that you couldn't really define what, what kind of pizza, what, uh, what kind of pizza style was. But Neapolitan pizza really defined a decade. And then later there was this uh, uh, emerging boom that we're talking about uh, that unfortunately happened when I left London. It was mainly during the pandemic, as far as I've been told, because everyone threw themselves in the pizza business and all the foreign trend also arrived in London. But just focusing on, on Neapolitan pizza, the only issues that I have with this article is that when they have to find brands for reference, they only mention brands that are actually founded by non-Neapolitan people, so, by, so British chain, basically, which... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they're making a, a bad Neapolitan pizza because one of the, uh, the brand mentioned is Rudy's. And Rudy's is a fantastic chain, at least when I tried in Manchester. I love their pizza. They had Neapolitan pizzaioli. So I don't have any problem with the fact they're founded by British people or even not British, but non-Neapolitan. But the fact is that 
Neapolitan pizza emerged so much in London and then later in the UK, thanks to the work of independent Neapolitan pizzerias, they really set the standards and really worked very hard with their communication to try making British people understand what kind of style it was, why it was made in a certain way, why it was made in a way that needed to be appreciated. And uh, can, I, can, I just, can I just drill down on, on one point, Pepe? I'm just a kind of steel man it. Your issue is not the, the, the nationality of the proprietors, it's whether it is actually kind of VP and Veraccia Pizza Napolitana versus just a, a facsimile, or it's, it's, it's different? No, my issue is with the fact that this is not the first time that an article uh, made, in, made in Britain uh, wants to define uh, the emerging pizza scene in London and the rest of the UK. And when they want to focus on Neapolitan pizza, they don't give credit to the actual Neapolitan pizza. To the original guy. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, talk okay. I'm not talking about the original guys in Naples. I'm talking about... No, the no, Neap no. The, 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 then, the kind of OGs of the London Neapolitan scene. Just, exactly. I mean, just to kind of go, go back to your one point when you said that, you know, when you were in London or when you were in the UK, kind of, when was this, 10, 10 15 years ago or something? No, like I was, uh, it was pretty much recently. I left London in 2018, but we, oh, okay. Okay. in 2013, we only had a handful of good Neapolitan pizzerias. But really, between those years, 2013, 2018, we had a boom. At that one Huge point, boom. yes. And at one hmm. point, we also had investment from uh, uh, British Chile. We still already had. Uh, Pizza pilgrims, pizza pilgrims by the time, for example, which also yeah, I mean, the, I, the popularity. I, I I think of pizza pilgrims. Uh, you know, first of all, I'm a huge fan of of their business model. I think the way they did their marketing with the kind of you know driving the Ape, you know, across Italy was fantastic. I think their products great, um, but you know, there were kind of OGs of the Neapol, like Dona Margherita in Clapham, like Sartori, like Santore. There were a ton, and almost kind of like, you know, jokingly, we refer to it as the Neapolitan invasion, you know, around the kind of early aughts and 2010-ish um, before Peter Pilgrims. And credit where it's due, Peter Pilgrims did massively put that product on the scene. Um, but yeah, yeah. Point taken. Sorry, carry, carry on, carry on. Yeah, no, just one last thing, and then I will give the words to the other. Unfortunately, this is not the first time that happened, because in 2019, there was this article from a and a magazine called iNews that personally I didn't know that. Uh, then the headline of the article was fantastic. I really was expecting a lot from this article because it just said, why Neapolitan pizza is Britain's defining food of the last 10 years. It was published at the end of 2019. So it was sort of giving an appreciation of what happened in the last decade before we approached the new one. I was expecting a lot from that article, but again, all the credit went to British chain. And it's incredible because if you compare that article with nowadays Guardian article, the names are exactly the same. <laughs> Even names that have nothing to do with Neapolitan pizza, like yard sale, for example. Mm. Uh, mm. But I, I don't want to go ahead of myself. So please go. Please. I want to hear other people's opinion about it. Did, just just to ask about yard sale, did they they didn't adduce a yard sale as an exemplar of Neapolitan pizza, did they? Not in the Guardian, but in that article okay. from NNews, it was mentioned for some strange reason. And there's another okay. chain called uh, uh, Five Hundred Rabbits. Uh, yeah, I did yeah, try yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, was yeah, not great. Yeah. There are way better examples for Neapolitan pizza that really helped to set the standards in London. Agreed. Stephanie, what what about you, buddy? Don't, I mean, don't, so, don't, don't stand attention. Just jump, <laughs> jump in whenever. 
So when uh, we were working on Modernist Pizza, I spent some time in London because we wanted to see what was happening in Europe and elsewhere outside of Naples. Um, and at that point, uh, Chiro Salvo had opened his pizzeria. Uh, the first time, the first time I went, it wasn't open, and I really didn't find a lot of great pizza. I went to um, Franco Manca and met with their uh, leaders. Same with Rosa Pomodoro, you know, the typical. Um, and it was, and also Pizza Pilgrims, which I thought Pizza Pilgrims was one of the few that I actually had returned to um, mm. after going the first time. No, they're they're great. <laughs> But um, and it's location based too. You know, it's in places where you would definitely be. I think that's the key thing with Pizza Pilgrim is not only that do they do great marketing, they did a great job in uh, placing their pizzerias yeah. because they are in places yeah. where uh, people are hanging out. Um, so you know, Oxford Circus, that's like an easy one to go to. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I've went to a few other ones in kind of like the touristy areas that I didn't find. Uh, great, you know, like Home Slice, which I think they mentioned Home Slice in this article too. I think it's gone now. But that was like a gigantic pizza that was supposed to be New York style, but it was really just bad pizza. That was like your bad pizza big pizza, yeah, and enormous. Like I like I'll have to post the slice sizes because it was it blew my mind how big these slices were. Um, totally was, not, I mean, and and they were supposed uh, to be like typical New York pizza, and it was uh, nothing typical about New York pizza. Um, I I I. I'd been living in New York for a bit. The first time I, I tried Home Slice when they kind of landed in Common Garden. And it, I mean, it, immediately you just kind of call shenanigans like, no, I'm sorry, this is, yeah. this is not, this is, this is the epitome of kind of uh, quantity over quality. Yeah. So I went to Chiro Salva when it first opened. Um, it's in Trafalgar Square. Again, it's a touristy area, a beautiful building that he built out. Um, it was not as good as Chiro, but Chiro wasn't there. Um, so, you know, it was it was decent. The menu was different than the Chiro Salvo uh, 50 Calo, uh, Cinquente Calo in uh, Naples. Um, but for me, that was like the start of a renaissance of pizza um, in London with uh, Chiro and his backers coming in to put money into pizza. Uh, in London. And then also at the same time was uh, Damichele. You know, Damichele yeah. started uh, branching like out three, and London was like their first. London? Yeah, I think their their first one was about the same time as Chiro Salvo. So I thought it was really interesting that um, the Naples brands uh, were coming to London to kind of push pizza in a way that a uh, Neapolitan community would be proud um, hmm. per se. Uh, but th that was an interesting thing that I found when we were researching was like these, they hadn't really come as a brand before. Why now? Um, and this was like right before the pandemic. So yep. they, they help, I was it just helped. Gonna, just going to, uh, just to, since you mentioned Chiro's like Pepe is, has frequently mentioned how it's, it's a wildly different culinary experience mm -hmm. when Chiro is there versus when he's not there. So there's like 100%. a key man issue. I, wa yeah. I was there for the opening. He was there and the pizza was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting. But then now I'm so excited about like the women that I've had on Women in Pizza who are outside of London, you know, doing amazing things like Gracie's Pizza. Um, they're doing New Haven style pizza and, you know, uh, uh, an artisan style pizza. I wouldn't call it Neapolitan, but, you know. They're, they're really pushing the envelope on beautiful pizzas. Same with Killer Carbs. I mean, she's doing a really great Do, job. Dohan's, and then, Hannah. And Nick, um, Nick yeah. Uh, yeah. Jackson um, is 
what I think are the great thing about Nick and having Uni based in London, which a lot of people don't realize, is that Uni really pushed the envelope on getting people to make pizza at home with their ovens and really teaching people the beauty of pizza, which I don't think really occurred in London up until that point, you know, up until the pandemic. Even though Uni yeah, was I mean, there. there there wasn't like pizza was pizza was a very underground thing um, in general. You know, there, there were there was the Neapolitan contingent. Um, there were Pizza Express, um, you know, peppered in every high street from you know here to Bedford. And still um, is a lot of Pizza Express. Still, still is. And look, they're, they're not awful. They're inoffensive. Their pizzas. Um, I, I like the word you use. The inoffensive. Yeah. Um, you know, like if if your options are Pizza Express, which is a kind of Tonda Romana esque, or Domino's, or Pizza Hut. I know, I know where I'm. I'm going for food. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly, I always said way better Pizza Express than so many other Italian pizzerias before yes. the Neapolitan emerging scene. Yeah, they had quality control. That was the good thing, definitely. And but that was like I found like this funny art. This article was kind of funny that they don't even mention uni, which I also have a problem with when people are talking about the London pizza scene or UK pizza. Like, let's yeah, give, give this credit. company some credit of what they've done, whether or not they're a restaurant. They've inspired a lot of people around the world to make really great pizza um, and embrace Neapolitan tradition and, you know, embrace quality ingredients. Like, there's a lot of things they've done. So that was kind of my, um, I mean, there's other flaws like this Detroit style pizza, which I was like a Neapolitan Detroit pizza sounds insane and then when i looked at their feed i was like i don't know what to call this but it's not yeah well i mean we'll we'll, we'll kind of we'll 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 circle back around to that because i think we all kind of need some therapy uh, on that one but ju <laughs> just to draw the line under the the neapolitan thing um so do, um it, are any of the ones that they mentioned um vpn Because I don't think Pizza Pilgrims, as fantastic no. as their product is, isn't VPN. Rudy's is definitely not VPN. Um, they say but, that but then they have a they have place. a spiel. But okay, uh, yeah, because anyway, there are not so many VPN pizzerias in uh, in UK. Once I was living there, the only VPN pizzerias was located in in a town in um, southern England on the sea, uh, which unfortunately uh, okay. I forget the name. Okay. Uh, but we know that that's not the defining standards of we have so. No, a, no, a no. Lot. Agreed. 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 They mentioned a place called uh, Cresci in York um, ah, in, yeah. in the article. Yeah, that's that's the one. Um, okay, well, let, let, let's, because um, Peter's been sitting there brooding um, or smoldering away. But uh, what, yeah, so obviously they, they mention Chicago. They don't act, do they give the names of any Chicago in places or do they just mention the fact that Deep Dish has landed? And um, can anyone remember? I'm, I'm trying to kind of. Speed yeah, they talk about St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so ju just look, you know, not, not, not to kind of bury the lead. So there have been a bunch of, you know, two, and, and Peter will, you know, Peter is the authority in this, but two Chicago and Styles, um, Deep Dish, which everyone kind of knows from, uh, you know, adverts and stuff like that. And then the lesser known, but more authentically Chicago and Tavern, Thin Style, um, Uh, there are a bunch of uh, kind of small independent places in London and just uh, kind of pizza, home pizzaiola who've been ch churning out some fantastic uh, looking tavern style. 
especially ever since Kenji Alt Lopez, Kenji Lopez Alt, I can't remember, um, did his kind of cured dough thing. Um, either way, it, it's a style that, like, shout out to Tom at Vincenzo's. Um, I think uh, Grace and uh, James have given it a while at Gracie's just as a kind of special. Um, a bunch of people are doing it, and it's fantastic. Deep Dish is obviously a, a different beast. Um, and Peter, I sent you the link of what is one of London's kind of most popular, most famous, most well-known, most infamous, whatever, um, uh, deep dish places. The, the, the mic is yours, buddy. Well, I took a look at the photographs and uh, they're kind of a caricature of uh, Chicago pan pizza. Mm. Um, so, I mean, not to get into the details of it, but I like to sort of think about like, what is the general uh, principle that's sort of being laid out here? And it seems to be, I mean, I see a pattern, uh, if you look at the history, that when you have popularization, you have imitation, obviously. Mm. And then if you're not sort of organically from either the city or the business, you get a characterization. And so it happened in Chicago, it's happening in London, it looks like, that you get this bigger is better thing. So well, these I think, I, I, pizzas I, are just massively thick and crust, yeah. which apparently because that's they, what Because they know through. that that's the distinct, like, to me, well, it, it's the same issue as Home Slice. It's like they tried to make a version of New York pizza without ever having had New York pizza. And that Chicago pizza looks like someone who's seen deep dish on a TV commercial or whatever, yeah. and has never actually had a deep dish pizza. And if you haven't done the R&D, if you don't know what it is actually supposed to be like, don't do it. I mean, look, that pizza might be fantastic. It might be super tasty. You know, it's definitely got a lot of calories and, and fats and cheese <laughs> going on, which is always awesome. But it's not Chicago deep dish. It's just not right. I mean, so but, but this, so the horse has gone from that barn decades ago. So even in Chicago, or I should say, almost especially in Chicago, um, you get things that are stuffed that are two inches thick that they call deep dish, which is not really the case. But all these terms have morphed, and you've got people coming out with thoughtful essays trying to redefine what was already talked about in the sixties in Chicago that was different. So none of this, I mean, it's almost as though um, we can talk about it, but it really doesn't matter because it's going to play out in the market anyway. I think mm -hmm. it is interesting to take a look at and see the patterns of what happens and sort of understand. I, I think you can understand deeper, like, these patterns reoccur again and again and again. And I think that's the thing that I find intriguing. Not so much that people are going to want to make money and they look at a style and they think, well, there's a niche here in this town, so let's use it. Great, try it. And if it doesn't work, then do a different style or something like that. So, you know, it's just going to happen the way it's going to happen. It's almost just like saying, um, you know, you're going to have a different singer or a different type of band in a different town. And because, um, you know, independent rock was uh, was uh, popular in Seattle, then it's going to come to Chicago, but it's going to be different. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's like, so I, I just think there's 
interesting analogies and patterns that we can sort of detect. And I think that's the really the key of this kind of discussion, but I'll stop there. Pepe, were you putting, were you putting your hand up or were you? No, no, no. I was just oh. uh, fiddling with my pen, but about what Peter saying, uh, was saying uh, regarding a pattern that repeats, it just makes me think about how so many times this has happened also with other kind of food, like for example, Indian cuisine that now is heavily associated with what is eaten in uh, London or in UK in general with uh, yeah, dishes it's, that it's are not part dish. of Indian cuisine. Yeah, exactly. With things that, with, with, with uh, dishes like the chicken tikka masala that have been invented in Britain yeah. and they're now popularized all around the world like it was actually an Indian food. I just say one yeah. the more thing that, that I find intriguing and that is the lack of sort of an organic um, pizza culture in uh, England. That's interesting because if you go back to World War II, there's that debate as to, well, the troops were in Italy, that's how they got a taste for it, and then they brought it back to the home country. At least that's what supposedly happened, according to some people in America. But if you look at the English case, well, they were there too, so why didn't they bring it back? So did they go to the wrong towns? I don't think so. I think it, I mean, <clears throat> that I mean we, we, we never had a we never had a comparable kind of quantum of immigration from from Italy as, as right what, right well that's the key point I'm just saying yeah. that the troops were there that theorem gets shot down substantially because yeah the yeah. English troops were there too so why didn't they bring it back so America was different obviously because they had a ton of immigrants way before then and we had our own culture that was coming along. And because of prohibition was the lifted, then it became a huge thing in the 30s and then it spread. So that's how it really happened. Well, one thing that I, we, I think we should say is the fact that um, this article focuses on, on this booming of pizza. Uh, but I think it really refers to high quality pizza because anyway, it's not that Britain didn't have pizza before the uh, the rising of the Neapolitan pizza scene. It didn't scene have artisanal high quality. It didn't have artisanal high quality. It, it didn't have a pizza with an identity, which was exactly the same issues with Italy, whereas uh, pizza in the rest of Italy, it was quite crap. Out, and I wouldn't say outside of Naples to say the Naples all only uh, had the high quality pizzas, just to say that Neapolitan pizza was a pizza with an identity, whereas the rest of pizza eaten in Italy, it was just pizza. The same kind of pizza that you could also uh, eat in UK. That's why I said there were Italian pizzerias, like real Italian pizzerias in London, where the pizza was crap. I would have never eaten the pizza over there, and I would have I would have preferred to eat a pizza in uh, in Pizza Express because it's a chain at least with a concept in mind. Whether the concept it's really similar to the Roman pizza uh, that they want to sell, it doesn't matter. At least that kind of pizza had sort of a definition that was missing from any other uh, kind of pizzerias that was around UK. Well, and I would say the, the bread scene too in London, which I think is very true to how I've watched pizza evolve, is also very behind the scenes in the way that, that you know sourdough in bread has come to London. Like London had bakeries for a very long time. Only recently, only over the last decade, have they had really good artisanal bread bakeries. Um, and so, you know, it's it's the same thing where they didn't really have a, there was no national bread. There's a Sally Lund, Lund bun, 
but like that was something that was in Bath, but London really took its time to build and, and make some really great bread bakeries like bread ahead in um, the market. But that they were, they're only like 15 years, I think, since they've been open and they've struggled. Um, but now bread has become a, a fascination for London uh, and, and good, good quality bread. So it makes it like a natural fit for people to change and look at sourdough and fermentation and their pizza side too. By the way, I just, I just wanted to um, give us a kind of minor qualifier. Um, so 081 pizza in Peckham is, is, and I know this wasn't the exact point you were making, Pepe, but it is Neapolitan owned. Um, is he, is he mentioned in the Guardian article? Yeah. Um, Proba then probably it's the it's, only uh, it's, one. It's the pizza of the, the pumpkin three ways um, at 081 Pizza in South London in Peckham. And it's Andrea Schutti, who's the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think the reason why it is mentioned, but um, don't get my words for it because I may be wrong, uh, is because okay. its name pops up also on some uh, rankings or uh, whatever. Mm, because it's okay. quite it's quite a recent pizzeria anyway. It's not one of the yeah, and fan, oldest Napoleon you know, pizza. Absolutely London. fantastic product they're trying out as well. Yeah, I did, um, I didn't have uh, the the chance to try it because I think it opened uh, later than I left. It's a new one. Yeah, like like yeah. Jerry from Bite Twice hit it recently and mm -hmm. and sung its praises. Um, so yeah, but but again, uh, if you had to look uh, at the pioneers, uh, at one of the pioneers, I would have mentioned Santa Maria, at least. Uh, of course, the, of, the, yeah. the 2019 article from my news, mm. they mentioned Santa Maria. That was the only real Neapolitan bread uh, brand that they mentioned, and you at least give credits to the guys that mm -hmm. they were not the first to import Neapolitan pizza in London because before then them there were other people. Hmm. But they really were the first one to apply a marketing of some kind, and they managed to bring crowds and crowds of people in Zone Three at the at the border of Ealing. It's, yeah. it's actually almost Zone Four. Well, same, that was I mean, same, same to a degree with Dona Margherita. Like I know Daniel Young didn't like Dona Margherita for some reason because he just didn't really like Neapolitan pizza back then, and I think he's changed his <laughs> mind since or something. Um, but I, I know, you know, like my cousin and and her friends who, uh, you know devotees of Dona Margarita were all fuming about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, look, playing devil's advocate and kind of in his defense, it, it, it's always difficult to tout every amazing spot. Like, I was very surprised not to see Vincenzo's mentioned by name in that too. article because, you know, Tom, to, you know, there, there is a vanguard of, you know, the kind of OGs of the London scene, so to speak, and he is firmly within that vanguard um you know within that wave and his product is phenomenal the attention to detail he's just a very talented little bugger when it comes to you know dough and cooking in general so yeah but you know but i i think it's also easy to uh, get the point from when they have to make this sort of a generalistic articles uh, and they're written by people that don't have like this focus uh, on the sure. topic and the point is sure. that they tend to mention the most famous names that, of course, they're associated to, to chains that are centrally located, like Stephanie pointed out, with Pizza Pilgrims and other brands that came out later. Because it's easier for them to reach, because whoever has, that has never eaten any Neapolitan pizza and don't even know what it's about will actually travel all the way to Zone 4 just to eat a pizza mm. if it's mm. not in their in their mind. If they have to 
just make a quick overview, they will definitely go straight to the most famous brands and that are on, of an easy reach. And that's exactly what happened with Neapolitan Pizza because all the pioneers, they open very far away from the center. Of course. When, yeah. um, when yeah, money, rents were cheaper and they, they had to, you know, make the deal economics. And that's, and, that's mm. why, and that's why those places were independent and they actually belonged to uh, the owners, to the, the same pizza maker. Something that, for example, I never seen, uh, I never saw happening in Paris. In Paris, uh, mm. all the Neapolitan pizzeria, they were always, uh, they were always belonging to French investors. Whereas in, uh, in London, they were all pioneers because they were independent pizzaioli. People with money, like uh, the Pizza Pilgrims guys, said they could open in the center. Shiro Salvo, when he arrived, he had a huge investment to back him mm-hmm. up. But of course, he came when the road was already paved by the pioneers because the product was appreciated and known in London. So that's why he called coming in the market with his pizzeria. And yeah. same thing also with uh, Michele, with Antica Pizzeria mm-hmm. da Michele. By the way, which, by, I, I, which by the way, by the way, they started also very far away in the beginning because their first franchise actually belonged to a, a small independent uh, Neapolitan woman. Then they have the problem with the uh, managing of the brand and that, that pizzeria actually gave up on the brand. And then they opened in the center, first in Baker Street and then in Soho. And, but of course, yeah, at that point, uh, they gave the brand to a big licensing company. Uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Pepe. We, we, we got like two and a, two and a bit minutes left. Um, uh, uh not sure if there's not sure if we need to um have any more comments on anything i mean peter for for you you know i i i just say come to london and we'll we'll do a little tour of the various chicagoan places and you can give us your 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 kind of first um first impressions on it uh but you know look the 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 london scene is booming and that's an awesome thing and it, you know it, it's it's amazing to see um, I just wish some of the journalism around it would maybe be a little bit more rigorous um, and well resourced. Well, um, it's, it's still a good thing that they pointed out. We cannot yeah, complain of that. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Peter, it's anything debatable. you want to add, should, buddy? Where you should say yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just awed by your enthusiasm, Tom. It's just stunning to me. I've got to. I've got to muster some some cheer about something. Um, I have very very little of my life aside from pizza. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm just stunned that it took so long actually yeah. to develop. I mean, that's really, I think, the story. That, I mean, not to be a downer mm-hmm. on it, but like, what mm-hmm. were they waiting for? It had been happening for so long. It's, uh, you're 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 preaching to the converted in that one. I, I don't. That's know. why I think um, the same with the bread scene. Like, what are they waiting for? Like, it it's like it was. It took a really long time for just well-known bakeries making really good product to come to fruition in we, London. We, so I, we I'm always, not surprised that it's taking the same for pizza. Defend there your was, city. There was time. always a. Sorry. I said, defend your city. Well, no, I was going to say, it, um, for some time now, like I'd say maybe 20 years, um, you could, there were a few niche spots where you could get okay Italian bread, like a kind of panotta. Um, mm. And ever since Paul's Bakery landed, which would have been the early aughts, it's been possible to get good baguettes. But no, I mean, the, 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 look, the, the bread scene in general in this country it took a, you know, it, it's a new thing. Um, and look, you know, not, not again, not to bury the lead, just 
kind of quality food in general in London with, with, you know, apart from the kind of super high fancy schmancy Gordon Ramsay, you know, Michelin star, Michelin mm-hmm. star crap, um, which is not my move. You know, I'm a, I'm a peasant at heart. I just want tasty food done well. Um, I don't need the white tablecloth nonsense. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's taken a while, but London is getting, you know, we had the burger revolution and now burgers can be found, you know, fantastic smash burgers or, you know, kind of, West Coast style burgers in almost every pub, you know, across the boroughs. Um, and pizza is kind of going that way. Again, there's that pub connection. Um, mm-hmm. Again, another shout out to, to Three Colts, which had dough hands and now someone else who is phenomenal. Uh, the name escapes me. But yeah, look, uh, end of the day, um, it's, it's great to see the scene booming and, uh, you know, long may it last. And I think it will go from strength to strength. And we'll we'll have um, Jerry um, and maybe his partner Paolo on at some stage and and kind of you know do a full deep dive on uh, on the UK scene. Uh, but yeah, sorry that that I know Peter, you've got a hard out, buddy. So I'm, I'm uh, that that about does it for today. Um, if you enjoyed the show, give us a thumbs up and subscribe. It'll help us out. Um, the show is also available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find us on TikTok and Instagram under the handle. I need Pizza Club. Uh, I don't have a clue what we're doing next week, nor whose week it is. Um, We'll be chatting about something pizza-related. Beyond that, let's face it, it doesn't really matter. Um, Cool. Um, Have a great weekend, guys. Um, Stephanie, good luck with... Yeah, be in in touch. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Peter, apologies for the the questionable um, Chicago stars in London. Uh, Bye, guys. Ciao. Bye. 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 Bye.